We love what we do. Welcome to Clinical Pearls. Hey everyone, we're glad you're back. Universal thyroid screening in pregnancy is a key debate in endocrinology and obstetrical circles. It is well established that thyroid hormones are essential for maintaining pregnancy and optimal fetal development. Thyroid dysfunction is common in women of childbearing age and also results in substantial adverse obstetrical and child neurodevelopmental outcomes. Furthermore, thyroid dysfunction is readily diagnosed with reliable blood tests and easily corrected with inexpensive and available treatments. Screening only high-risk patients seems to miss the majority of cases and economic models do show that compared to select high-risk screening alone, universal screening is cost-effective even if only overt hypothyroidism was assumed to have adverse OB effects. So as a result, several countries now implement universal screening. Opponents of universal thyroid screening argue that asymptomatic borderline thyroid abnormalities like subclinical hypothyroidism and isolated hypothyroxemia form the bulk of cases of thyroid dysfunction and that there is a lack of high-quality evidence to support their screening and correction. So in this podcast, we're going to focus on the pros and cons of universal thyroid screening in early pregnancy, or ideally pre-pregnancy, and their benefits as well as potential risks. We're going to start the podcast right off with ACOG's Practice Bulletin 148 from April 2015, which replaced Practice Bulletin 37 from 2002. This Practice Bulletin deals with universal screening for thyroid abnormalities in pregnancy. In this Practice Bulletin, ACOG keeps its recommendation to not screen routinely for thyroid disease in pregnancy, stating three main issues. The first is a reaffirmation that studies suggesting an association between subclinical hypothyroidism and impaired neurodevelopmental changes in the offspring are just that, an association. Their second point is that the publication of studies have some mixed results about putative associations between subclinical hypothyroidism and pregnancy outcomes like preterm delivery, preeclampsia, and gestational diabetes. ACOG goes on to say, in its third stance, that publication of a large randomized trial showed no difference in cognitive function in three-year-old children of mothers randomized to screening and treatment versus no treatment for subclinical hypothyroid disease. But is that the end of the story? As we have seen with the issue of prolonged second stage, not everybody agrees with some of the things from ACOG. Now remember, I'm an ACOG supporter. I follow guidelines, but they're just that, guidelines. Is it possible that ACOG has overlooked some of the data here, similar to the prolonged second stage? By the way, that's a separate podcast, and you can go to that podcast a little bit later. Well, let's stop there and take a look at the global information on the pros and cons of thyroid screening in pregnancy. 
Thyroid hormones are essential for maintaining pregnancy and optimal fetal development. It's well established that overt thyroid disease is associated with adverse obstetrical and offspring neurodevelopmental outcomes. More recently, there has been growing concern that more marginal degrees of thyroid dysfunction, particularly subclinical hypothyroidism, remember, that's an elevated TSH, but a normal free T4 concentration, and even isolated hypothyroxemia, that is a normal TSH, but a low free T4, are also associated with fetal loss, prematurity, and impaired offspring cognitive function. In some studies, maternal thyroid autoimmunity has also been identified as a potential risk for fetal loss. Because thyroid disorders are particularly common in women of reproductive age, thyroid dysfunction is frequently encountered during pregnancy, and it's sometimes a new diagnosis. The prevalence of hypothyroidism is about 2% in iodine-sufficient areas like the U.S., while overt and subclinical thyrotoxicosis occur in 0.2 and 2.5% of pregnancies respectfully. Such thyroid disorders are frequently asymptomatic or difficult to distinguish from the features of normal pregnancy on clinical grounds alone. So, it would seem logical to systematically screen pregnant women for thyroid disorders. However, such a screening strategy is likely to predominantly identify women with subclinical thyroid disease for whom the benefits of systematic screening and correction still remain controversial. These competing considerations have fueled continued debate on the merits of pregnancy-related thyroid screening. While universal thyroid screening is currently recommended in countries like Spain, China, and Poland, other countries like the UK and the US adopt a case-finding approach targeted at women at high risk of thyroid dysfunction. Okay, we've laid down that foundation. When we come back, let's talk about the pros of universal screening. It is well established that overt thyroid dysfunction is an important health condition in pregnancy. Overt hypothyroidism occurs in 0.2 to 0.6% of pregnant women, while overt hyperthyroidism, usually due to Graves' disease, occurs with a frequency of about 0.2%. More modest abnormalities of thyroid function are the most prevalent. Subclinical hypothyroidism occurs in up to 3% of pregnancies, and the prevalence of isolated hypothyroxemia, remember, that's a normal TSH with a free T4 that's below 2.5 percentiles, usually occurs around 2% of pregnancies. In early gestation, fetal reliance on maternal thyroxine delivery coincides with a period of critical developmental landmarks like neuronal proliferation, migration, and neural tube formation. So, maternal thyroid dysfunction in the early part of pregnancy may have permanent repercussions on child neurodevelopment as exemplified in the devastating neurological sequelae of uncorrected congenital hypothyroidism or severe iodine deficiency. In addition, observational studies show that offspring of women with hypothyroidism or isolated hypothyroxemia do suffer a 2 to 7 point deficit in IQ compared to children who are euthyroid mothers. Two RCTs, the Controlled Antenatal Thyroid Screening Study, that was the CATS, that's C-A-T-S study, and the U.S. National Institute of Health study by Casey et al. 
investigated the impact of systematic screening and correction of maternal subclinical thyroid dysfunction on child intellectual function. These studies showed no benefits of maternal levothyroxine on child IQ when evaluated at age 3 and 9 in the CAT study and at 3 to 5 years in the study by Casey. Now, here's the catch. In both studies, however, levothyroxine was initiated at a median gestational age of 13 to 18 weeks, which would have been after the critical neurodevelopmental period, and therefore, it's possibly too late to have had an impact on fetal brain development. Remember, we're still talking about the pros of universal screening and checking TSH levels and free T4 early in pregnancy, or ideally, pre-pregnancy. Women with thyroid dysfunction also suffer an increased risk of adverse pregnancy outcomes, an association which is well-established for overt thyroid dysfunction, but is also seen with subclinical hypothyroidism. One meta-analysis showed significant risk of miscarriage and preterm loss in women with subclinical hypothyroidism. Two small fertility clinic trials in women undergoing assisted reproduction technologies also reported beneficial effects of levothyroxine in increasing clinical pregnancy and life birth rates in women who were subclinically hypothyroid. Now, in a prospective control trial, systematic screening and correction of gestational subclinical hypothyroidism significantly reduced adverse pregnancy events in the subgroup of women classified as low risk for thyroid disease. So all of these points make the argument for universal thyroid screening, but ideally pre-pregnancy. And if that doesn't happen, then as early in pregnancy as possible for beneficial results. Now, we know it can't end there. There's got to be some cons, right? There's got to be the flip side of the argument. Well, there are. And let's talk about that next. The health impact of overt thyroid dysfunction is not questioned, but the bulk of cases of thyroid dysfunction that will be detected by universal screening in pregnancy will be asymptomatic subclinical or borderline biochemical abnormalities. For example, subclinical hyperthyroidism in which TSH is low in the presence of normal free T4 is usually due to the transient thyroid stimulatory effects of HCG and does not require treatment. Also, the significance of subclinical hypothyroidism or isolated hypothyroxemia and the benefits of correcting these biochemical abnormalities has not been proven in randomized clinical trials because the majority of the data, which we've already covered, has been observational studies. So while intervention and control trials were initiated relatively late, it would be challenging to achieve earlier treatment in routine clinical practice unless it is universally adopted as part of pre-pregnancy lab screening. Ah, but it gets even trickier from there. Remember, we're talking about the cons of universal screening. It can be difficult without the appropriate expertise to reliably distinguish between pathological thyroid disease from non-significant fluctuations in thyroid hormones. Although subclinical disease may precede overt disease, not all patients with subclinical disease develop overt illness. More importantly, the wealth of observational data showing an increased risk of adverse pregnancy outcomes in women with subclinical thyroid dysfunction are not reconciled with data from randomized clinical trials. 
So, targeting subclinical thyroid disease in pregnancy may inadvertently promote overdiagnosis and fuel unwarranted clinician and patient anxiety. You see, don't you just love medicine? Isn't it confusing? Isn't that fun? I just told a group of our residents that the further along you get in practice, the more confused you should get. Because as an intern, you're used to doing something by dogma and by protocol. However, as you advance in practice, you get to see that there's many sides or many facets to a clinical dilemma, and you can actually get more confused. But that's okay. That's why medicine is both a science and an art. Well, what are we talking about in terms of society guidelines? What do they recommend? Well, all society guidelines endorse the treatment of overt thyroid disease and, in addition, most recommend treating antibody-positive women that have subclinical hypothyroidism. The approach to euthyroid autoimmunity or women with subclinical hypothyroidism and negative antibodies is less consistent. As with other screening programs, shared treatment decisions can be reached with patients following a fully informed decision and discussion plan of potential risks and benefits. Now that we've gotten to the end of the podcast, you may be wondering what my stance is on universal thyroid screening in early pregnancy or ideally pre-pregnancy. Well, my opinion really has not changed over the last five years. I've taken a look at all the potential benefits and all the potential risks, and I do feel that the benefits of universal screening are there and outweigh any potential risks. Remember, in this podcast, we've taken a look at the pros and cons of universal thyroid screening in early pregnancy or ideally pre-pregnancy. This analysis has shown that there are a number of compelling arguments in support of universal screening. But we have to acknowledge that there are some areas of uncertainty and some issues with practical implications. Well, universal thyroid screening does fulfill the criteria for a universal screen adopted by the CDC. Thyroid problems is a health problem in pregnancy with acceptable and well-established treatments. So screening all pregnant women with TSH and thyroid peroxidase antibodies in the first trimester or ideally pre-pregnancy is cost-effective compared to targeted or no screening at all. And benefits are apparent even if overt hypothyroidism was considered. Now, although the merits of treating maternal subclinical thyroid dysfunction have not been proven in RCTs, remember, it's probable that treatment in the current RCTs was started too late in pregnancy to be effective, so that's easy to explain away. Here's the last clinical pearl. The ultimate aim of maternal thyroid disease screening in pregnancy is to optimize fetal maternal outcomes. So therapeutic interventions, when indicated, should be implemented as early as possible in the course of fetal development. Accordingly, universal screening should ideally be performed once pregnancy is suspected or preconception if pregnancy is being planned. A pragmatic algorithm is to measure TSH and then reflex-free T4 and thyroxide peroxidase antibodies if TSH is outside of the relevant reference range. Now, this will be challenging to achieve, but with thoughtful planning, can be integrated into routine community health practice. All right, team, we have covered the the pros and cons of universal thyroid screening in pregnancy. Ideally, this should be done pre-conception or as early on in gestation as possible to maximize maternal and fetal outcomes. Thanks for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.